0: It's time for the Eight Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. It's a lot. I hit the
1: seven
0: iron like John Daly. It's the three. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner. Wow. Jerome Espinoza is a Class A PGA professional and director of instruction at Eight Gradies Performance Center. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. We will talk all things New Mexico golf. Hear from voices all around the world of golf. And even give some swing tips to improve your game. All you got to do is just tap it in, give it a little tappy, tap 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 Now, good rush playing golf. Here's PGA Pro Jerome Espinoza. Hi, I'm David
2: Mutit. Welcome to the Eight Graders Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. You'll hear Jerome Espinoza and I talking to Mexico Golf Saturdays from 10 to 11. The public have spoken, Jerome, and they've wanted me to take over the radio show. I just want to know what you have to think about that.
1: That's good. I'm glad to see you can function. I didn't think you could do that.
2: What do you mean? I I've got a I've got a Coke Zero in front of me. I got all my notes. <laughs> I got my NOTA headphones on. I mean this this is where I belong, Jerome. I mean I No, I'm just joking. I'm not really taking over the show.
1: You're an idiot.
2: All right, talk to me about this live. I didn't watch any of it. What happened?
1: Oh my gosh. I can't believe I got I'm actually shocked that you didn't. So I watched the entire thing. It's great. I don't know if you even saw the putt, but DJ wins in a playoff, has three, him and two others in the playoff. Um, they are play 18 a bunch of times. That's actually, actually, I think they only played it once, but he hits a putt. <laughs> it's got to be 40 feet for Eagle, and it's going Mach 7, hits the back of the cup, bounces up, drops in, and he wins the playoff. Um yeah, I It was awesome. It was great golf.
2: I didn't get a didn't chance watch to watch it. The Great British Cooking Show was on, and I was watching that instead.
1: So. Of course, of course. <laughs> and then his team, the four aces, wins. You know, again, it's kind of hilarious. Pat Perez, I saw. I might have a photo of it. I'll have to look. But he, Pat that Perez chopper in, needs to
2: just disappear at this point. Good God.
1: Well, so here's something. Pat Perez, um, It's he hasn't finished in the top ten of any of the live events. But it says in his nineteen starts on the PGA Tour he made one million seventy one thousand and in three starts on Live, he's made two point six million.
2: That's just ridiculous. How is that <laughs> how is that good for golf? How is that good for golf?
1: Why would it be good for golf? He doesn't care. He's it's good for his pocketbook, right? Yeah, Precisely, but
2: but the whole you've been saying you think this is good for professional golf. How is that good for professional golf? Are rewarding I mean, someone for, for shooting a hundred?
1: Well, I mean, he played better this week. It's not he did shoot a hundred the first couple yeah. times. He's been he played he actually shot under par uh, this week. So what there was go. the
2: winning score?
1: Oh, that, the winning score was a ton. I don't remember what yeah. it was. It was like eighteen under. I mean, I don't know. He probably shot three or four for
2: total. I mean, I like Pat Perez. I have nothing against Pat Perez, but yeah, I don't know, man. These this Camp Smith and these other guys—they're <laughs> just. I, oh, time's going to tell, but I—I I just don't think they're going to be as competitive in the majors anymore. Even if, even if they—they they do get to play them for the rest of time, they're not—they're no longer playing four rounds. They're not playing as much. They're not playing against the all the best players. I don't see how they can possibly think that they're going to remain as competitive. I just don't—I don't see that.
1: I mean, maybe they don't care. Like, they I don't might, know if you, how I, can you? You saw me. I said Rory needs to shut up. I don't know. And Horschel. I mean, these guys are just going after.
2: It's them. great. I think it's absolutely <laughs> great. I mean, Rory's. That what Rory said was hilarious. He said, "I would love to be coming down the stretch on the Sunday to win against a live player because he's going to be tired because he's only used to playing three three rounds." I thought that was hilarious.
1: He is, he is. That was funny, but I was like, <laughs> come on. Like, are you freaking serious right now? Like, I don't know. I, again, you know, I know they're probably super pissed because, you know, I don't know if you saw what Horschel, but Horschel went off and they lost it about, you know, this whole thing of um, they are playing in the in the DP World Tour this week and, you know, he just went nuts.
3: And I, I don't agree. Know, that's the I... part
1: that drives me nuts, though. Like, you're trying to, you're trying to say, don't come play on my – you know, I'm taking my ball. Like, shut up. I think they can play. Like, I think, I don't know.
2: Well, no, no. I mean, Horshall, McElroy, these guys have turned down a ton of money to remain loyal to their tours and compete for big championships on the best golf courses against the best players in four-round proper golf tournaments. They have every right to be annoyed about that, if you ask me. I mean... Well,
1: so here's here's my question
2: then. Are they not going to play in the PGA
1: Tour you know, team events that Tiger and they're going to do the same thing here in the next couple, you know, what, years.
2: What do you mean? I don't, I don't know what you mean.
1: So Tiger and Rory started that. I'm trying to find the photo that I had of it. They had. Oh yeah, they're starting that tour. You or know, oh, it's team play and this and that. And I'm like. Well, you're doing the exact same thing.
2: No, and and yeah, and obviously that wasn't... It's the PGL. Let's be honest about that. That wasn't McElroy's and Tiger's Choice. That was the PGA Tour asking them to do that. It it, it does seem a little desperate and out of place. I will definitely give you that. Um,
1: You know, I'm reading it. It's six teams each consisting of three PGA Tour players in a custom-built arena, you know, high-tech, high-energy fan experience. Like, it's going to kick off on january twenty twenty four like with fifteen match regular season they 're over here complaining about it but they 're going to do the same thing
2: well let 's face it it 's not the same thing it is different but yes i agree i don't i 'm not saying that 's a bad idea on the pjl 's behalf but it 's definitely been forced kind of upon them which i, I don 't get either i don't i don 't know why they feel like they have to do that. I get they now feel the financial need to try and provide more opportunities for these guys to make more money. I do get that. Um, I just I don't know why they wouldn't just add that money into six events across the season uh, and just make the massive money events as opposed to messing with the formats and, and doing all that. I get golf's in a different place now. There are different people coming to golf. You know, there are guys you go to any public golf course now and you you look around, it's like you never saw those people two, three years ago, you know? So I get there's a different crowd that that definitely needs to be catered to and we want to keep them for sure. But does a 54-hole shotgun change the fact that Joe Schmo, who played on Saturday at Arroyo, is new to golf and shot 115, do you think he wants to watch that more than he wants to watch – Rory try and win a U.S. Open or Matt Fitzpatrick win the U.S. Do you think that's really more entertaining to those people? I don't see how. It's different. I
1: I think it's entertaining to some people. I can tell you that, and and again, I don't have, like, we don't have TV with, you know, all that stuff. For me, it's way easier to watch on YouTube. I just get it on. I think I had it on while I was actually playing golf. Um, And I guess you can do that all over the place. But for me, it was super easy to just click on YouTube and watch it. But it's, and it's, I don't know, I think it's a little more, I don't know, it's, we spoke, it's a, definitely a different vibe. I yeah, can we tell spoke you that about this too,
2: didn't we? Because they, they go, you get to see a lot more golf shots, but they're just golf shots. There's no build-up to it. theres You don't create any drama, you know? You're not telling the story of the Monday qualifier that's in ninth place. You're not getting any of that. It's just golf shot after golf shot after golf shot after golf shot, which I don't, see how that's as enjoyable to watch. I really don't. Yeah,
1: I know that the team, I can tell you that the team aspect has been kind of interesting to watch because, again, I don't feel like when these guys are playing, it's a lot more like camaraderie, like team feel because because of the teams and they're kind of cheering for their team to do okay rather than the super individual I could care less what anybody else is doing. Like, there is a team feel to it. And again, I've just watched it. I mean, I'm not there, so I don't know, you know, what it's like or what's happening. So it's, it is, it's it's very, very different.
2: Um, (laughs) Can you sit there and tell me Dustin Johnson gives two craps if his team finishes first when he's winning the golf tournament? It's an afterthought. If when he's trying to win that golf tournament, he's not thinking, oh, I got to do this for the team. He's trying to win an individual golf tournament. A three round scramble. It's single, it's single elimination scramble. I mean, come on. I mean,
1: again, I, I don't know. It's, I like, I've liked it. I've enjoyed it. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's different. Um, it's new. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It's I, I enjoy it. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I enjoy it. And I think it's, I don't know. It's just different. And again, I agree with you. Like, obviously you're not trying to win the masters and all that sort of stuff. And it, that's, that's way, way different. Um, here's what I think though is I honestly think that Liv started and they were like, okay, let's work with the PGA tour. We want the best players like, because I don't know if you noticed this, but their schedule, their schedule was that for the playoffs, That they they didn't have any events during the playoffs because they were under the assumption that the PGA Tour players were going to be able to play, so they just didn't have events. Like their schedule has totally been around what the tours was, and then now that it's become kind of a, you know, a fight between the two, it'll be interesting to see what happens if they try and take on events and challenge, you know, certain events, or they just keep going. But I think they were under the impression initially, like yeah we're going to be the second tour um well, that I, these guys can come play on
2: I did read the uh, the director of the d p world tour, okay. which is a european tour um talking about how initially that the the p j tour and the European tour tried to do that with them they tr the Saudis tried it also, and they the Saudis were not having any of it now this is coming from the director of the d p tour i get he's Got to protect his brand, and maybe some of the stuff he's saying is not completely true. But he was saying they approached them and they were open to it, but the Saudis were the ones that didn't want to make it work the way that they wanted it to work. So it, both sides are to blame for this. There's no question about that. Um, and I just, it's ripping it apart. Look at the President's Cup. Look at the players you're missing now. Oh, my God! And, and, and the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is that. the greatest event in golf. It's not even close. I don't even care. Even a Sunday at the Masters does not touch a Sunday at the Ryder Cup when it's close. It, and you've got the best players in the world. You don't, you're not going to have that anymore, and it's sad. No. Nope.
1: Um, I, I mean, I, was, I do I have a photo. I don't know if people you know, or listeners know about the U.S. team, but, I mean, you have You know, the, the automatic qualifiers were Scheffler – Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas, Shockley, Tony Finau, and Sam Burns, which, you know, great. They played good. I don't know if Sam Burns would have been in there.
3: Well, Sam three times Dustin. this season.
1: Oh, no, well, there you go. Yeah.
2: You
3: I
1: mean, know, the, the captain's picks were Morikawa, Spieth, Homa, Horschel, Cameron Young, and Kisner. Like, I really think, I mean, heck, who's, you know, Dustin Johnson? I don't know if Brooks would have qualified. He hasn't Brooks,
2: seen Brooks him would have been a, He super, would have been a pick, though. I mean, if he didn't qualify, it would have been a pick.
1: I mean, I don't even know. I know Taylor Gooch is getting all kinds of grief, but, like, that team is Ta- is way different. I mean, the president... The, well, I heard something, I don't know if you saw this, that Rory, they had asked and said, would you play for the world team? Like, because that team has been ripped, because they don't have Cam Smith, they don't have Leishman...
2: Well, like that, there's a bunch
1: of guys they don't. Yeah,
2: have. I, th- I think that was I think that was a dig and a joke. But anyway, we've got to take a quick break. We can talk more about this after the break. Um, we'll be right back with the Eight Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team.
0: Let's get back to the Eight Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Hi, I'm David Muttick. Welcome back to the Eight Gradies Golf
2: Show on ESPN Radio one oh one seven the team. You'll hear Jerome Espinosa and I talking New Mexico Golf Saturdays from ten to eleven. Uh, we've got a cool guest this week, so now it's time to introduce Josh Salmon, who is the assistant director of the New Mexico State Golf Program. How you doing, Josh?
3: i pretty good. And yourself?
2: Yeah, not too bad, thanks. For those of you who don't know, Josh is, like I said, the Assistant Director at the PGA Golf Management Program at New Mexico State University. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what, what your job entails, Josh, and, and what exactly it is you do on a daily basis.
3: Sure. It's, uh, first off, thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you all today, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's a uh, pretty, pretty neat uh, and unique opportunity. There's a 17 universities across the program that uh, across the uh, United States that have PJ golf management programs. And, uh, New Mexico state is, is one of them. We've been around since 87. And so uh, what we do here is we're training individuals to, they come in, they get a college degree and, um, uh, and become P become PJ members and, and go out and, and teach golf, and run run facilities, and run businesses, similar to yourself, David, and Jerome, of course, and I'm a PGA member, and <clears throat> so day-to-day basis, what am I doing? I'm teaching classes, the PGA's education, I'm running tournaments for students in our program, um, liaison with uh, from our university to the PGA of America National Education Department, uh, making sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do to provide the best Experience for our students and, and keeping them in cohort and so on and so forth. Uh, pretty neat that we get a chance to to do that. But <clears throat> our students come from all over the country, so um, you know, part of our day to day job is to get to know our students inside the classroom, outside the classroom, on the golf course, everything. So it's pretty pretty cool. They keep me on my toes, no question. Um, but been doing it for thirteen years now, so I enjoy it.
2: Wow 13 years I, I I didn't think it was that long but I guess I've only been here for 12 maybe um and in my time I've had a few of your guys at the places I've worked at I had had a guy at um, at the place I worked at in Dallas Marshall QC I'm sure you remember Marshall he was yep. went, went on to work for the PGA of America uh, I think he's left now I think he's working for American Airlines um, and then we had a couple at Paco all great people um yeah obviously for people that don't know there's a, there's a couple of different ways to to become a PJ member, and myself, I did it the old way, where you know you work and, and you, you do your work and coursework. And back when I did it, I had to fly to Florida to do my testing. And um, the PGM program is obviously a little different. They go into university full time uh, while still doing uh, the PGM program. How exactly does that work? Cause it's obviously different than how um, a lot of us became PJ members, but it's becoming more and more popular. I know they have to do. Right certain uh, work experiences every summer, um, but they're also getting a degree in, in whatever else, correct?
3: That's correct. Yeah, our students here at New Mexico State, <clears throat> you know, I mentioned the other universities, and everyone has it a little different, but here in New Mexico State, we're, uh, our students get a, a business degree, so they major in marketing, and then they get the concentration in PGA Golf Management, and throughout their time here, they are enrolled in university courses, but uh, part of their curriculum is the PGA education. So we've uh, essentially uh, created <clears throat> marketing courses that are specifically designed to go through the education. So like you, you said, you went through the old way. Or back when you went through, it, it was called the apprentice route, and now it's uh, the associate route. <clears throat> but our students will do... The same education that an associate does, but we're going to go through it uh, in a lecture-based university-style course, and uh, they'll progress through the Q level, through the level one, level two, and level three while they're in our program, along with their other university requirements. Uh, And then they also have to pass the planability test, just like any uh, associate would have to if they want to become a PGA member. And then uh, you mentioned their work experience in the summers. They do 16 months of internship. So our students stay pretty busy. They work all over the country, all over the world, really. You've mentioned you've had a few of them. I know other people in our section have, have uh, hosted interns. And, and, and the idea of the internship program is to give them on-the-job training to where they can put the stuff that they're learning in the classroom into, into practice out in, in the real world, as, as we say. And um, get that valuable experience. So when they're finished, they have an opportunity to uh, have a, a solid foundation and, and get into that first job uh, as a as a graduate of our program.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the program is great. And like I said, I've I've seen some some really good people come out of those programs. I mean, there's I think there's pros and cons to both ways of doing it. Um, sure. Obviously, you know, the the I'd say the biggest issue that some of them face is. Yeah, the, the experience of the work takes them a little time to to kind of grasp what the actual day-to-day operations of running a golf course looks like, um, but they seem to pick it up pretty quickly, and uh, I think it's a pretty good route to go if, if there are young people out there that, that really want to get in the golf business. Um, yeah, I think it's Absolutely. great. I mean, there's been some great people, uh, especially from New Mexico State. It's one of the oldest in the country, isn't it?
3: That's right. Uh, we were the third program, uh, started in 1987, um, back way back when and, and we've been doing it ever since. And so we've got a, a great history behind us. We've got a great alumni base that support the program. Uh, you know, many members in our section graduated from our program and our PJ members in the Sun Country section working at all types of golf courses, um, you know, across, across our section, which is Pretty cool to see going to a section tournament or a a section meeting or just playing golf at their facilities.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure it creates a a vast network for you to be able to then place current students um, with good internships. I'm sure that's a a massive help, isn't it?
3: Absolutely. And, you know, our our program, it's, it's really interesting. Over the last several years, we've had more students that have come from New Mexico to our program where, um, you know, before we had very few that would come from somewhere in New Mexico to the program. Most of our students were coming from all over the country and in some years, uh, the world. And um, being able to have that alumni base that actively supports the program, in addition to the relationships that we've created over the years with uh, facilities all across the country and the world, um, it gives, some some neat flexibility to, to us as directors of the programs to be able to place our students in, in areas that they want to go. And, uh, you know, all across New Mexico and El Paso, be, now that we're getting students that are coming from these closer areas, uh, it's nice because some of them say, hey, I want to stay in New Mexico. And so we can reach out to our alumni or even people like yourselves who aren't alumni of our program but are supporters of our program um, and say hey what kind of opportunities do you might or will you have this summer to to host an intern so it's been, it's been really good uh, no question with the alumni base but um you know our our family and network extends beyond the alumni as well which is it's uh, it's really great for not only us but our students
2: yeah we we just had um we just had one at Los Altos actually Ben Gasparich I think is how you say it and now he's, he's yep. doing really well over at Sandia with Nick and Matt so there's um yep. there's proof right there. You learn at Los Altos there and you, you end go. up at Sandia, two completely different places. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be yeah, further absolutely. from each other, really. Um, and you're also the secretary of our section, correct? I am. So yeah, t- tell me how that's going. Um, I just actually got involved for the first time. I'm on the tournament committee now, and it's it's been eye opening for sure. Um, so tell me a little bit about being the secretary and what what surprised you about about that and what didn't.
3: Well, you know, uh, I've, I've always been encouraged by my mentors and people in the section that have been around to, to be involved however I can. Um, and, you know, so I started, just like you did, getting involved in committees. Um, education committee uh, is where I started and just kind of getting my feet wet in the governance side of, of the association and the section and uh then i was encouraged to run for the board which i did and and you know i ran for the board in 2015 and i've been on the board ever since uh obviously having to go back through uh, the election process um but then i was encouraged to run for secretary and i think uh you don't ever know what you're really getting into uh because you've you've not experienced it before you may have had conversations with people before but yeah i mean it's it's uh it's a lot. It's intense it, it, at yeah. some point. Uh, it's, a re- it's really great. It's, it's awesome to be able to get I- involved with the other uh, members in our section a little bit more. And I've had a lot more phone calls, text messages, and emails with our fellow uh, section members as the secretary rather than as someone on a committee or on the board. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really cool to see how the association as a whole is run from a national perspective but also at the section and local level uh, being involved in, in a lot of different conversations. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is anybody on the board or uh, in the in the officer position is trying to do their best for the section and what is best for our, our members in our section and how can we make it better and um, what are we doing to do to, to make it better for the members in our section. I think, Really, I just when I ran, I really just wanted to make an impact in the section. How can I make it better? I'm a big believer in if I can leave uh, any any of us right? if we can leave the place better than we found it, then we did something good and um, uh, so it's it has been eye- opening as you said uh, being uh, being that you're hearing a lot more and you're talking to a lot more people, but at the end of the day it's pretty rewarding, and I look forward to the rest of my time as secretary, and then as i move into vp of the section we'll see what other uh things come up challenges uh whether they're challenges or or rewards right
2: yeah i mean it's a tough section with the fact that it's it's a small section but it's also a massive a massive land section you know it's a huge area with uh, a small amount of people definitely one of our challenges um we got a few more minutes here but i also want to talk about the hell we're going to put ourselves through here in a couple of months up in new york um Josh and I are both running the New York City Marathon on <laughs> November sixth, and I am completely out of my depth. And I was hurt up until a few weeks ago, so I just started running, and it's—I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of the worst six or seven hours of my entire life. But, um, but it's for charity, so it, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it being over. I don't know about you, but it's
3: yes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I I ran last year in 2021. And I was super excited because I'd never run a, a full marathon before. I'd done, you know, six or seven half marathons. and But then I hadn't run in five or six years. And so going through the training process made it a little bit uh, more enjoyable knowing that I was going to do something for the first time. Um, and obviously for the cause uh, that we're, we're running for uh, makes it more enjoyable. But this time it seems that the training has gone. It's been a little more difficult to get out there and do it and, um but i just keep telling myself okay november will be here before we know it we're raising money for a good cause and PJ reach and and uh gonna get to do it with some great PJ professionals so a lot of whom i've met and spent time with before so i'm looking forward to that um yeah i'm looking forward to it being over for sure uh because uh, the hardest part is what we're doing now is leading up to it once you get there on race day it's uh it's a really cool experience for those of you who've never done it or who may be interested in doing it. I'd recommend doing it at least one time and experience the crowds. And the, I think there'll be over 60,000 runners this year. Oh, uh, they're back to pretty much full capacity, and, and most of those runners, a vast percentage of those runners are doing it for some charity. So yeah. there'll be millions and millions of dollars raised for charities all across the, everywhere. And, um, Looking forward to spending a, a couple of days in New York City with, with you and Nick Nee and, and Henry Statina, the four of us that are running from Sun Country section. So it'll be a fun time.
2: Running for some of it and walking for some of it is what
3: I'll be doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I did that last year. <laughs>
2: I, I just couldn't even imagine being able to run for 26 miles without stopping. That is ridiculous.
3: That's pretty cool. It, it's, it's intense, but it's, it's all worth it once it's over.
2: Yep, yep. Um, Well, we thank you for everything you do for our section for the New Mexico State University Program and then also uh, the charity of PJ Reach. So um, we got to take a quick break, but thanks, Josh, for your time, and uh, we will see you in New York City.
3: All right, Dave. Thanks uh, for having me on. I appreciate it, and uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Yep, thanks, Josh. Take care. All right, we're taking a quick break, and we'll be
0: back. Let's get back to the 8 Gradies Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Hi, I'm David Mutt and welcome back to the 8
2: Gradies Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. You'll hear Jerome Espinoza and I talking New Mexico golf Saturdays, 10 to 11. All right, Jerome, we're back at it. Uh, we kind of didn't finish talking about the Live and the President's Cup there. Um, I just, it, it it sucks that these events are not not They don't have the best players. I mean, even if it's no. like one or two players, it's like... Uh, and, and you know what? DJ is probably going to sit there in his house and he's going to miss being a part of that, you know? Uh, now, he's obviously going to look at how much money he's got, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I mean, you tell me, even at our level, you get to play in the, the Taylor Cup or, you know, even the Challenge Cup. It's one of my biggest goals as a PGA professional was to be on the PGA Cup team, which somehow I never managed to be a part of, but I was, I finished 11th one year and they, they take the top 10 each year. Um, And I was devastated by that. There, there's no amount of money that would have made me feel better about not being there. And they have to feel the same way. Maybe not with the president's cup, but the Ryder cup for sure. Well, I
1: mean, you've talked about this before, like the Ryder cup has years and years of history with the greatest players that have played. And I don't care if you're American or European, like, That event is like, I mean, the event, like everybody plays it. And that's like, you, you've said this, like your legacy is, they talk about it all the time. How many Ryder Cups has this person played? How many this or that? Like I saw a number that was insane because I guess Rory mentioned something like, I don't have a relationship with these guys anymore. And he was talking about, I mean, think of this, Sergio Westwood, um, Poulter and there was another one all those years those guys have like tons of wins on Ryder Cup
2: well it's <laughs> like, it's kind of funny it's kind of funny now because for all those years it was always spoken about how the Europeans cared more about the Ryder Cup and you know that it was their everything and I don't disagree with that but now you look at these people that have left and it's like so really, did it like, uh, you know, it, you give it up pretty easily for a bunch of money. They could have all played another couple. Sergio would have qualified. He would have been a pick if not. Westwood, Poulter, same thing. They've they've given up being the captain of the Ryder Cup. That would literally be, I mean, without the Ryder Cup, we wouldn't even be talking about Ian Poulter. Nobody would be. Oh, no way. He's, he's won some decently big events, yes, but let's face it. He was no world beater as, as, a, as a PJ or European Tour pro. He won some events, yes, which is really, really hard to do. I'm not saying he's not very, very good at golf. But without the Ryder Cup, I mean, 75% of the people that know him now wouldn't know who Ian Poulter is.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, you know? Ian Poulter, is the Ryder Cup is the reason that I hated Ian Poulter. Like, he yeah. won and made putts and celebrated and fist-pumped yeah, I mean, he's the reason I know who Ian Poulter is yeah, because and, of the Ryder Cup.
0: And, and I loved, I, him. I loved him
2: because of, of that. Being a European, I loved him because of that, and he made the event better. Now I hate him for that, for not being there. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I don't giving up a. I don't know if if you ask him thirty years from now, and he's sat there and he's got his grandkids, and he's he can't say he was a Ryder Cup captain. That will kill. That will hurt him. Oh, you know,
1: I'm a hundred percent with you on
2: that. Like, it will hurt all of them. I, I think down the road that there there will be some regret in that. Now they can sit there and talk about all their money, but does that? Are you going to think about this? If you're sat at dinner, right? Let's say me, you, and five other people are sat around a dinner table, and we're all talking about our accomplishments, right? If one person starts sitting there and talking about how much money they've made and how much money they earn, I'm tired you, of you don't even want to hear it, do you? You don't even want to talk to them. It's like, shut up. I, this is ridiculous. No one's here talking about money. But if you're talking about golf tournaments that you've won, PGA Tour events you've played in, majors you've played in, Ryder Cups that you've been a part of, people want to listen to that. That's cool. No one wants to hear about right. the money you made. They know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you – I. I agree with you 100% in that. That's that's very very true. You know, another another story that I had written down that I thought is and again, you know, this probably gets us off live a little bit or whatever, but you know, it goes back to so Ricky Fowler is going back to Butch Harmon. Did you see that?
2: I did, I did not, but
3: So I also, I, he
1: he fired his caddy and, you know, for whatever he he's changing swing coaches back to Butch Harmon. Hmm. But that goes to kind of what we're saying. Like, he, he's he gone away. He left Butch Harmon and he disappeared. Yeah. And so he's wanting to get back relevant, right? He's not saying, like, well, I want to make more money. He's saying, I want to be the player that I was when I was with Butch.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, you let's say Cam Smith plays two years now on the Live Tour <laughs> and doesn't contend in any majors, obviously isn't in the other big events. You don't think he's going to sit there and be like, man. I miss that.
3: Oh,
2: he absolutely will. You walk off absolutely will. big golf tournaments. Now, obviously the stuff I've done is a little different level than them, and same with you. But you walk off after contending, even in a section championship, it's, you walk off feeling awesome about it. Like, it's nerve-wracking, it's hard, but you feel great about it. Like, people are watching you, you're in the big moments. It's, it's, it's a different level that we're talking about with them, but they will miss that. And Cam Smith is young. He had 15 more years of that. Sergio okay, so Poulter, Westwood. Like 23, isn't he?
1: 23, 25? Uh, maybe, maybe 25,
2: I think, young. yeah. Um, there is no way on planet Earth in 10 years, if, if this goes the direction that it's going, that he will not sit there and think, man, I really miss that. Even if he gets to play the majors, I don't think they'll be as competitive. I, I don't see how you can be. You know? I, just, yeah, I I, mean, just I don't. think
1: I think they'll still be competitive. I just, I mean, I don't know. It's, and I know...
2: Maybe I initially.
1: You've said it before. Like, you know, they have all this money. They're not going to really... It's. I've kind of paid attention to that when watching those events to see, like, are these guys, like, you know, fired up and, like, trying? And it seems like, you know, at least from the outsider watching through YouTube, it seems like they're really trying to play, you know, better golf. Now, I don't know... You know, I again it goes back to: Are they going to be relegated in the future? Like that's going to change as well. Yeah, like I if mean, you they, get relegated out, you're going to be
2: they super pissed. They definitely need some <laughs> of that. But but like if you've been paid two hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars, what is four million? No, yeah, no. It, it you don't care. I've, do you think Phil gives a crap if he wins a live event? No, I mean I
1: don't even know. And he's, he's not going to. That's 40. mean
2: He hasn't even been in contention one time.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. It, again, I've said this before. I don't like the shots being taken because, like, I listen. I, you know, follow live on social media or whatever, and so they're the first group that let these guys play in short. So they let them play in short, and they have a little spiel where Phil Mickelson. You know they're like, "Hey, Phil, shorts," and he's like, yep, love it." He's like, "Love to see that Liv is the leader in shorts." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Phil, are you like, seriously?" Path- Phil is pathetic. Like, stop it.
2: Yeah, he he. Phil, is just you know, it, everyone said what Phil was, and then with all that stuff that happened, it became blatantly obvious, you know, what he was really, really about, and it. That's true. It, it's it. It sucks for him, but you know what he. He made that bed. He's going to have to sleep in it. You know, he, he what he said and how he went about it and how arrogant he was about it has, I don't want to say it's cost him his legacy because he still has won those events and he still is one of the best PGA Tour players in the history of the PGA Tour, but he's not looked at that way anymore.
1: No, well, and like you said, I you know, you would hear all the time that the Tour players always said they've always loved Tiger, and Tiger was great, and they hated Phil. So, and the media I mean, that and makes, the media perfect sense.
2: And the media painted that as opposite when it wasn't exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Without no, without Tiger Woods, the PGA Tour is not even close to what it is today. I not, mean, not even be close. Honest,
1: well. Well, think about this: What if Tiger Woods isn't around? Like, I almost think like Liv might knock out the tour. Like, without Tiger and Rory holding, you know, steady. Holy cow!
2: I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's like the kid, the whole thing with the kids, right? Trophies for all. It's like, well, you're not, you're not teaching them to, to work hard, to, to do everything to win, and, you know, you get what you've earned. And now, look, I, I get these guys have, have built a career and they've earned to be paid that money from live. I do get that, but these college kids that have come out and played this and they're finishing last and second to last and getting 130 grand. It's like, well, what, what is that? Like, yeah, it's money. Great. What are they going to use that for when they get relegated? They're going to use that to go try and play on the PGA Tour again, probably. <laughs> right?
1: No. Well, yeah, what, uh, what other option do they have? Like, yeah. that's the part that I think has been super interesting to see is like at first it was all, you know, gravy, right? Like everyone's super excited. But now as more people are trying to play in it, like, they're going to flip. They're going to start getting rid of people if you're not playing good. Like, how's that going to... Like, you're going to be super, super pissed about that one. Um, they've already knocked out, like, a ton of people that played from the first event to
2: now. Yeah, but are they going to knock out Phil? I mean, I mean, if they're well, going to knock these that. others out... I mean, I don't even think Phil's a draw that much anymore.
1: Yeah, I He's mean, not right. He's not as
2: relevant as he was. He's not even close to as relevant. And that sounds crazy because not that long ago... He's winning a major championship at the age of 51 years old or whatever it was. Uh, it's hard to then sit there and say Phil's not really relevant anymore. But when Phil teamed up not. in a tour <laughs> event or a major, I, I wanted to see what he was doing. I couldn't care less now. Couldn't care yeah. less. You know? You're, that's,
1: just, that's a good point because I guess that's where it'll come down to what they're talking about with all the other sports, right? Like, is his contract guaranteed? I mean, is it like football where once they cut him it goes away? Like that all that stuff. Now comes Yeah. comes to fruition. This sure. like well, what are what are these contracts made of?
2: Yeah. Well, we're running out of time, Jerome. We're going to have to call it quits there, but um, we will be back next week. Um, from myself, David Mutter and Jerome Espinosa, we enjoyed enjoyed talking to Mexico Golf and we'll see you next week on 1017 the team.
0: Thank you for listening to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza. Come back Saturday mornings at 10 for the latest stories and analysis from around the world of golf on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.